If you are listening to this podcast, it means you're searching, searching for someone who understands you, someone who gets you. You are yearning to be understood and to belong. Welcome to the Someone Gets Me podcast, where we help smart, talented, and sensitive people navigate an often insensitive world. I am Diane Allen, your host. My roles as ambassador, author, speaker, and intuitive mentor for bright and talented people are woven into each episode. I have the experience and knowledge to educate and inspire as I have been there and I understand your unique intensities, sensitivities, and challenges. Welcome. Gifted and Fatigued. Hi friends, this is Diane here at Someone Gets Me. And today we're going to talk about a topic that could sound like a downer or maybe heavy, and that is fatigue. Intensely sensitive, gifted, twice exceptional, smart, all those words. People can get fatigued very easily. I work with a lot of empaths and people who are sensitive and fatigue has been a topic with many people. And I know I certainly, as a twice exceptional gifted adult, feel fatigue often. So I'd like to talk about the different kinds of fatigue and how they impact us as intensely sensitive gifted people, but also some help, some things to do, some actions to take, because we're not stuck even when it might feel like we're stuck. So let's start with what fatigue is, right? Because a lot of people can think, oh, it's just because you're tired because you're not sleeping well. Well, that to me, that's being tired. Uh, For me, fatigue is a little deeper than that. It comes from a period of time where there's been a drain on your system, whether it's being in a state of overwhelm or stress for a period of time or dealing with too much news or family trouble or your own things where there's been this kind of constant chronic drain and pretty soon you wake up and your core feels tired and exhausted and you're unmotivated and your energy is lacking and it's like, I don't even know if I can go on another day. And it's not suicidal. It's just exhaustion on that deep core level, you know, and, um, some people have sore muscles maybe or get charley horses or or feel physically weak like i'm usually a strong person why do i feel so weak the thing that gets my attention with this um is that core just exhaustion that heavy tiredness but also for gifted people is the impaired decision making and where judgment kind of goes away for a little while or is not as easy or the person gets very irritable so if you have adhd or even the flavor of it, and you're exhausted and fatigued, you can be even more irritable. And we know that that ADHD comes with it, some irritability and moodiness. And so this this fatigue can really start to exacerbate and accentuate challenges that you're probably already dealing with. The impaired decision-making and judgment that comes with fatigue really can... um, add interesting situations to your executive functioning, making some simple decisions feel very difficult to make, or maybe making snap decisions that you look back on and wish you had done something differently, but you just were not able because of being so fatigued. 
So that's what I'm talking about when I talk about fatigue. I'm not talking about the the being tired the next day because you didn't sleep well the night before. That's another podcast episode. And so there's different kinds of fatigue in my world. One is one that comes with being an empath and twice exceptional person that might have some ADHD maybe or or some um, overexcitabilities or intense sensitivities that the world and we're highly sensitive and the world can be very insensitive and the overwhelm of constant bombardment that can create fatigue if we don't have enough time to ourselves. There's also compassion fatigue. Compassion fatigue comes from being a giver and caring and having compassion for, you know, the the animals that you see on TV that need to be adopted. And then there's the people down the street and then there's, there's people who are unhoused. And then there's this thing over there. And a lot of us are in helping professions where I'm helping people all the time. Right. And I see it, some of the nurses and doctors that I work with and people who are always giving. And so if we're not replenishing ourselves and we're not giving from our overflow, then compassion fatigue is a real situation. Decision fatigue is another one. And they can all go together. But decision fatigue is when you're making so many decisions, you know, right brain, left brain, right brain, left brain, shifting gears all day long. And by the end of the day, your brain really is like, I can't make another decision. Don't ask me what my name is. It might feel like a trick. Don't ask me what's for dinner. It's an, I can't make another decision. And there are things we can do for each one of these different things to help ease the symptoms and take care of them. And then the overarching solution is radical self-care, which we'll talk about here shortly. But these kinds of fatigue are very real and they can really impact your life. They can get in the way of your joy and your happiness and your success and your life satisfaction. Compassion fatigue leads to burnout and chronic shock. It can create all kinds of emotional distress. I know some people that have compassion fatigue that have digestion issues and and just trouble with the internal part of their body, the physical part of their body functioning. You know, empaths can have a lot of overwhelm that leads to fatigue when there's not the proper spiritual and emotional and mental and physical boundaries in place. And so for every one of these kinds of fatigue and all the various symptoms that go with it, there are things we can do and things we can no longer do that really help us. Because a lot of people will say, what are you willing to do about it? And that's a valid question. And I ask that same question. But the other question is equally important, and that is, what are you willing to no longer do? Because some part of your behavior, your thoughts, words, or actions have led you to where you are. So wherever you are right now listening to me in your life, your thoughts and your words and your actions collectively have led you to this spot. So, so many people are action-oriented about what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And there's also question number two, and that is, what are you going to no longer do? What are you going to stop doing that led you to the place that you're in if you're unhappy with it? That's two things. What are we going to no longer do? And what are we going to do? So there's a simple solution for part of it. One is um, what I call with my clients, radical self-care. And that is... um, something that transcends just taking a day off or being on the couch potato or getting a manicure, 
getting your hair cut. Those are all parts of it. But radical self-care is going to that level deeper, that inner level of self-compassion and caring for yourself in a nurturing, loving manner in your heart center. Like going and maybe doing something for yourself because you deserve it and feeling that sense of value of your own being. So one of the ways we can do that is to stay properly hydrated with good quality water and the right electrolytes and things like that. There's lots of ways to do it and it's often overlooked. So, you know, um, our feet sweat out a quart of water a day. Isn't that crazy, right? And so we are always releasing water. So we always want to be replenishing it. And what I've also noticed is a lot of people are mineral deficient because our food supply is deficient of minerals and vitamins, and it's becoming more and more toxic unless you're buying things or growing them yourself, you know, from a farmer directly, some things can be suspect. So what are we doing to have good quality water that has minerals where the minerals aren't taken out of it? And so that's an important thing for you to pay attention to. I use Celtic sea salt, a little bit of it in the water. I put some on my tongue first before I drink the water to kind of get my taste buds going. I learned that from an herbalist that um, I know, and I went to a training he did. And that's one of the things he said, even about herbs and vitamins you're going to take is to taste it first, get your taste buds to taste it. Because apparently your body absorbs and receives the nutrition that it's about to get more effectively when it has tasted it first. So he even said like with your multivitamins in the capsules and stuff, um, because, you know, tablets don't get absorbed very well at all. So we get them in capsules and he said, open a capsule and dump it in the bottle so that when you taste it, the taste on your mouth, um, even if it's a little bit, really helps the absorption. So I put a little bit of Celtic salt on my tongue, a couple of flakes, and then I drink um, salt in my water or liquid trace minerals in my water or an oxo lemon, of course, but hydration is really important. So hydration can also come from um, being in float therapy where you're floating in water with magnesium. And so your system can absorb and balance that way from being in steam rooms where your body can be in a moist environment from proper things on your skin, you know, oils and different creams and things that really help hydrate depending on your body. Right. But what matters is that from the inside out, we are really paying attention to hydrating ourselves properly. So if you're chronically dehydrated, like a lot of people are, and you start drinking more water, and sometimes people say, well, I have to go to the bathroom all the time. I'm like, well, it's like a really dry sponge. The water rolls off at first before it can receive the water. It's the same thing in our in our being, right? In ourselves. That's why the little bit of salt on my tongue has the water absorbed better in my body or tasting the vitamin or herb helps it be absorbed. We want to work with our system and slow down enough to allow being hydrated to be important and on purpose. And so um, you want to drink enough water where you feel really hydrated. There's all different kinds of formulas, you know, take your body weight, cut it in half and have that many ounces of water a day. But if you're drinking caffeine, you have to have 
two ounces for every ounce of caffeine during the day, during the day to break even. There's all these things. There's all these ways of looking at it. But I think what matters most is that you pay attention to yourself and you honor yourself by putting the right amount of water and hydration in your system. Like watermelons are really hydrating. So are blueberries, you know, juicy fruits and things like that. There's ways to get the water in the system that are friendly. And um, I get a lot of pushback from people about being hydrated and they have brain fog. The brain doesn't work right. Some people I know are struggling with mental um, memory problems because they refuse to drink water and they refuse to hydrate their body and the body will make up for it, but there's a consequence and we really don't want to do that. And by the time you're feeling thirsty, you're already dehydrated. Yeah. So that's, that's a big help for fatigue, right? And a lot of times fatigue is the very first thing that shows up when there's not enough water. It's like if you were driving your car and you took the oil out of the engine, it would seize up while water is like the oil for our body. The next um, thing I want to talk about is exercise and exercise is help for fatigue too. Now that doesn't mean that you have to go out and train for a triathlon, though I have a friend who, who does that and who did that when he was fatigued and now he's doing way better, but it's exercise, whether it's walking or moving around, or, you know, if you're going shopping, park far away from the store and walk further in, do things where you can add extra movement to your life. It, if you like going to the gym, go to the gym. If you like doing outdoor activities, go do outdoor activities, but do something. Our lives are so sedentary, um, unless you have, you know, busy work or you work out already, that that sedentary lifestyle really adds to fatigue. So a body that's in motion stays in motion. And so the more, the more we settle down and the more we are inactive, the more we can feel fatigue. So yes, you want to get proper sleep and proper rest, which is another part of this. But if you stay inactive all the time, it creates depression. It makes any kind of moodiness worse. So the body needs to move, stretch and strength training and moving. There's a million ways to do it. But the first step is get moving. Yes, get moving, right? Um, and then, of course, we want to practice getting good sleep. And sometimes when you have overexcitabilities or ADHD or you're somebody who loves to think, has it, have an intellectual overexcitability, or when you're really sensitive, sometimes sleep can be a little tricky. I go through phases sometimes where I don't sleep very well at all. Like I'm up a lot. And I'm like, all right. And then, but then finally everything will settle down. Or maybe my brain will be thinking a lot for a few nights in a row and then it'll settle down. And so I've learned to go with the ebb and flow of my sleep cycle that's not typical. So the best question is, am I rested when I wake up in the morning? If when I wake up for the day, I feel rested and alive and ready to go, then I got enough sleep. And for me, as a twice exceptional gifted adult, my sleep patterns are not totally consistent all the time. And I had to make friends with that. And sometimes I'll sleep nine or 10 hours in a day, and sometimes I'll sleep five. And my system works well with that because I'm paying attention to, am I rested? Am I hydrated? Am I exercising? And if I start feeling fatigued or tired or, or sleep feels off more than I'm used to, then I address that, right? There's ways to help yourself get sleep. 
a really cool way is get organic castor oil and rub it on your eyelids, like right by your eyelashes, and it helps you go to sleep. And there's some Jinchen Jitsu um, hand positions that will help you sleep. You know, a lavender works really good for sleep, but if you have anxiety, um, try Lang Lang because Lang Lang oil, um, which is spelled Y-L-A-N-G-Y-L-A-N-G, that oil, that essential oil is very good for people who need to calm and rest and sleep, um, but that also are a little bit more anxious in nature. So there's all those kinds of things. There's tons and tons of resources. I do safe and sound protocol with a lot of people to help them get their nervous system regulated again. Because sometimes when we're not regulated, sleep eludes us or it's turbulent or we don't feel good. Or maybe we need to work through some old um, historical grief or traumas so that we don't have bad dreams. There's all kinds of things to help you. So if you have questions or you're wondering about different things, feel free to email me. I'm happy to help you because there's lots of different ideas that um, I know about and people and places and resources. And I am happy to share those with you. Another big thing to pay attention to for help with this kind of fatigue is your nutrition. Now, when we get really tired and we're fatigued and we're stressed, it's easy to do the easier, softer way, like whatever's in the house. And that's not always your best option. Sometimes it is. I have one person who every time he buys ice cream, he goes, well, then I'm just going to eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner because it's easy. I can just open up the freezer, grab a spoon, and then, I've, then I have my food. And yes, it might take care of the hunger and it's easy. And the better question is, how's it working? Right? And so it's not the judgment about the ice cream. It's a judgment about the fact that a fatigue can get us to do something that's easier and quicker, but may not actually in the long run be beneficial. So we want to ask ourselves those things. Like one of the things I do, because I can get fatigued pretty easily with compassion fatigue and decision fatigue, because I have a lot of things on my plate, a lot of things spinning around. And it's, it's sometimes, some days can be a little more challenging than others. And so I like to set up my meals and set up what I'm going to wear to work and all of those things in advance. So that at least the majority of the big decisions are already made when my system is calm. So learning how to work with the way you process the what your sleep patterns on the way you are work with yourself rather than trying to force yourself into a path that's not for you nearly every client who has come to me has tried lots of things and has tried to fit themselves into a paradigm or a pattern or a program that didn't work for them and so they started to feel kind of dejected like nothing's going to work that's why every single person I work with is on a different program. We do something different with everybody because no two people are the same. And so part of my gift is that intuition and that knowledge base to be able to say, oh, okay, well, let's do these things to support your system, to help heal this fatigue in a way that is meaningful and works for you and works with you rather than working against you by adding more stress to your system. So nutrition, exercise, hydration, sleep, all of those things. Another big one 
is your scheduling. Um, I know, I don't know about you, but I'm really quick to say yes. Right. And then, oh yeah, I'll do that. I can do that. I can do that. And pretty soon there's too many things on my plate. You know, I've learned over the years to put some choice points in between the person asking me and my yes to not overbook myself. And when I do overbook myself, I'm doing it knowingly and it's short term. So how are you taking care of your daily routines, your daily responsibilities? Are you overcommitting yourself? You know, I had I had um, somebody try to say, I'm trying to do all of it, change everything and make a whole new life and do it all at once. Well, that's going to create a healing crisis because it's too much too quick. So even though your brain and your maybe your intuition and your mind can see the 50 things you want to change or improve or alter, the physical being, your cells, your neurology, your your biology are a little bit denser, right? And so they go a little slower. So if you try to change all those 50 things at one time, the body is going to not like it very much and you're going to get that feedback. You'll either get sick or you won't feel good or you'll sabotage it. Something will happen. What's more important is to work with somebody and say, okay, here's the strategy. This is where I want to be. This is, this is the vision I have for myself and always reserve the right to change your mind and say, okay, so what are some of the most um, effective steps I can take to get me toward this vision that maybe cover more than one area at a time so that as I go toward my vision, it starts showing up a little bit more effectively, right? And so there's all kinds of ways to do that. I use a lot of backcasting methods and things, things like that to start saying, okay, well, if we want to have the biggest impact quickly, then what are the strategies for that? And some things are a little bit more of like what I call a slow burn. We work on a little things here and there. We work on changing our thinking or emotion management or who we hang out with, who we listen to, all those things in order to give our being, our essence, permission to expand into where our vision is taking us. So the fatigue can come when you can feel the vision, see the vision, and try to force and push it to happen, and then thereby stressing out the system. So it becomes really heavy inside and really fatigued and your startle response changes and you don't think right and you become frustrated. That is because part of your intellect, your ego that's not your amigo, is attempting to script everything and get everything to go in a linear cognitive manner. When your evolution, your vision, your healing, your success, your happiness are uh, more circular are seasonal, um, have a flavor to them that has this elegant simplicity, but yet our brain wants to make it so much harder than it is. Uh, you know, when I think about drinking water, you know, and I suggested to somebody just about, you know, adding a little lemon juice or a little lime juice. And this person went through, I don't know, 20 minutes of all these other different things they could add to, add to the water all of which had chemicals in order to make it okay. And went all the way around, create a decision fatigue for themselves rather than just saying, you know what, 
What if I just tried one thing and see how it goes and get feedback on that? And so when we jump into overthinking, when a new idea is introduced or we start stepping toward our vision, that is a fear-based defense mechanism trying to stop us. Because there's a part of us that likes to hang out in familiar pain. Like it may not feel good. We may not like it, but it's familiar. And that familiarity has a lot of power. So if we're going to move forward out of that familiar pain, no matter what the pain is, we have to be willing to step out into the next zone, which is that zone of proximal development, that zone of learning and work with ourselves to move on. Like when I um, had hip replacement surgery and I'm pain-free now. And for the first couple months after, I could feel my mind and part of my body send all these caution messages like, well, what if you can't do that? What if you can't do that? Oh my God, you know, and all this fear and all this caution and all this um, trepidation. And there was no need for it physically because the pain was gone. The restriction was gone. But it took a little while for the rest of my body and my emotions and my mind to catch up. So I had to step out into that zone to teach the rest of me that it's okay now. So if you've been in a place that's emotionally oppressive or a tricky relationship or you're healing old traumas, all those things, we have to be willing to step into a new way of doing something in order to practice radical self-care so that we don't fatigue ourselves. Because Carrying around old grief, old pain, old stuff is very tiring. It's fatiguing and it wears your system down, which is why I think a lot of people call me because they're worn down and they don't want to be worn down anymore. And so sometimes the best way to get out of that spot, that spiral, is to have a person that's not emotionally invested in it all, who can be the objective, supportive, deep listener. And somebody who will help hold us accountable and kind of hold our hand while we take the risks and let us know it's going to be okay. And then once we get our confidence, we can go further and further. And so one of the big mistakes I think that gifted people do and twice exceptional people do is they think they can do everything on their own because we're taught that. We're taught, well, you're smart. You should figure it out. You're smart. You can handle it. You're strong. You can handle it. And twice exceptional gifted people need to have human connection and support as much as anyone else. So when somebody says, you know, you're smart, you can handle it, it's kind of a push off, right? So catch yourself. If you have a smarter gifted person because in your life, right, and they need you or they just need to be heard, remind yourself that just because they're gifted, just because they're they're creative or smart or visionary does not mean that their desire for human connection is gone. Gifted people are not robots. And so sometimes we live in a culture that's so heavily intellectual that thinks everybody can figure it out. You'll be okay. Figure it out. Well, what if what's really needed is human connection? What if what that person really needs to heal that fatigue is a little bit of compassion? What if? The answer to the compassion fatigue and the decision fatigue 
and the moodiness of being twice exceptional? What if the answer is connection? What if the answer is not simply in figuring it out or being strong? Even the strongest of all people still biologically and neurologically require connection with others of the same species. That's the rules. So you're not a, you're not a machine, you're a human. You deserve the same love and kindness and respect toward yourself from yourself and from others that anyone else deserves. So if you're tired and you have fatigue or you know somebody who has fatigue, share this episode with them. Because that chronic tiredness, that exhaustion that affects how you're making decisions and your judgment and your irritability, that is not normal. That can be reversed. It's not because you're getting older and it's not because something's wrong with you. It's not because you're a certain thing. So any of the excuses that you or someone else might make don't hold any water. The truth is the fatigue comes from being intensely sensitive in an insensitive world, being overwhelmed and more of your energy being sucked out of you or given away by you then you are replenishing. So we just got to get the bank account balance back into black and then teach you how to stay there. And so we all have our ups and downs. No one's perfect. It's about headed in the proper direction so that your beautiful essence and your light and your your just majesty, your magnificence can show up in the world in every way you're meant to. So that's the whole point of someone gets me, right? Is to remember that no matter what's going on out there or what's going on in there, that somebody does get you. I get it. I get you. And there are people who will get you. So no matter how alone you might feel, or you know somebody who says, nobody gets me, say, yep, someone gets me and share this podcast with them so they can feel heard. I've gotten four emails lately from people saying, you're speaking right to me. And I don't know them personally, but I know on a deep level, the journey. I know what it's like. So it's important. It's important that we all regain our energy and we allow ourselves to not make excuses for being fatigued and to not settle for being in a place where our resources are less than optimal. So remember, Hydrate yourself, get your sleep, exercise in a way that has variety and brings fun for you, eat foods that are yummy and healthy, preferably that you grow or that a local farmer grows. Seasonal fruits grown with food grown within 200 miles of where you live or where you are are the healthiest. And make sure that you Honor and respect your protected and dedicated self-care time and that you honor your life by not overbooking it and stressing yourself out. Healthy boundaries yield a healthy life. Squishy boundaries yield all kinds of static and difficulty. So set your boundaries clearly and lovingly with yourself and others. Allow yourself to be all that you're meant to be because that's what we're here for at Someone Gets Me, right? We're here to remind ourselves of some things we know and some things we didn't know 
so that we can continue to walk our vision, to let your light shine and let everything about your life be something that you look back on and go, thank you. Thank you. So friends, that hope this episode has helped you. I hope that you found inspiration and I hope that I said some things you already know and you go, I know that. And then you can say, am I doing that? Because just because we know it doesn't mean we're doing it. And gifted people love to know stuff and give themselves credit for doing when it's not always the case. There's all, sometimes there's separation. So make sure you're doing what you know. Until the next episode of Someone Gets Me, keep your face to the sun so the shadows fall behind you because you're a rock star. You're here on purpose with a mighty purpose. So go out there and let your light shine and fuel your system with pure, beautiful energy because you are magnificent. Until the next episode, be well. Are you tired of searching for someone to understand you? Join our Facebook group, Someone Gets Me. In this group, you will be able to connect with others who are intense, sensitive, smart, and talented. I share my insights and teachings, and you can connect with others in a real, authentic, safe forum. So join us today. Someone gets me.